today I have a special guest with me who's a very good friend of mine. We go way back to high school and she's someone that I have respect for and he's a very clever person, future president of Zimbabwe. Fingers crossed. Um, so I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, Tino, welcome to the show, bro. <laughs> uh, thanks for the introduction, Simba. Um, mad respect for you. Goes both ways, I guess. Um, I, I guess you, the only thing that you did omit to say is that, that I am a Manchester United fan, but one of the right kind. So <laughs> glad to be on here. Nah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I actually forgot to mention that, to be honest. I was going to ask you why Manchester United, of all clubs, literally, there was, there was Chelsea, <laughs> Liverpool, Leicester, but Man United, you know what? I'm not even going to ask you that question. But anyways, um, <laughs> let's just get straight into it, man. So, um, Manchester United. Nine years ago, seven years ago, or whatever it was, champions of England on top of the world. Sir Alex, greatest manager of all time. Everything's all good. Nine years later, 2020, um, fifth place as as of time of recording. And yeah, signs of improvement there. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the helm, done a good job, I guess. Um, What are your thoughts on that? How have you guys... Have you seen yourselves progressing throughout the season or it's just been a lot of inconsistence? Because uh, I always, yeah, like, when you go on social media, of course, you, you know, you're on social media, Instagram, Twitter, you see a lot of people saying a lot of, uh, oh, no, he's not fit for the job. Oh, he's not this. Oh, he's not that. So how do you think he's done this season, in your personal opinion? Um. I think that it's a pretty hard question to start with, but I'll give my best. And I think that with the thing with Manchester United, when you get to the top flight, I think what happens is that a lot of managers are capable of doing the job. But what ends up happening is that the, you know, the backdoor dynamics and everything that happens behind the scenes, like we've just seen with Unai Emery. Uh, everyone knows that Unai Emery, he's, he's not a clown. He's not a joke. You know, this is someone who's won top trophies in the Europa League uh, several times. This is an accredited manager. Um, even Jose Mourinho at Manchester United, Maurizio Pochettino might not have had the same extent of success at Spurs, but still pretty prolific as a young manager. These are all great managers who, for some reason, you know, things happening behind closed doors, uh, they prevented them from, you know, fulfilling their potential. I think that's sort of the same thing with Manchester United, where it's the board probably don't really make good considerations when they do their um, managerial selections. So when the manager now asks for support, uh, similarly to the Unai Emery situation, you know, there's no support to the manager. So my, what the answer I'm trying to get to is that I don't really believe that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is incompetent. I think he's a decent manager, um, but he... He's growing, and that's one positive, is that we've seen the growth of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer from his first game when he beat Cardiff 5-0 to this last game against Sheffield United. We've seen actual growth in not just the team, but in his management style. And that's something that's interesting to watch. Um, I think that for Ole to succeed, we will need a lot of support from the board. And I think he's a guy who's got his head on the right way. He's he's a good guy, you know. No one dislikes him. Um, 
he loves the club um and he's getting he's beginning to like get an idea of what his vision for Manchester United is so I think there is um positivity around the club and there's a hope but I don't think that you know if we want to be winning Champions Leagues you know back to back like Real Madrid we have a long way to go for that but to challenge for the Premier League I mean I'd say we're probably about four signings away um, but I, I believe in Oli and his, and his coaching staff at the moment Alright all right. interesting point and just to follow up with that when you said um, four signings away and in which particular positions would you think that we need to improve because obviously you guys signed um, Juan Basaka who's been a very very um, good signing for you guys um, Harry Maguire I think now yeah, he's done alright um, uh, I don't know Bruno Fernandes who's really who's impressed me a lot I didn't really expect a lot if I'm being honest I'm just going to be real <laughs> I didn't really expect like him to to improve you guys that much because I never really watched him I only watched a bit of him and he's really done well with you guys. And it looks like him and Pogba will form a very good partnership if Pogba decides to stay for a long period of time. But where do you see Manchester United improving in particular? Okay. Um, I think our first priority... A lot of people think that our first priority should be um, a right-winger like Jaden Sancho. And that's a fair point. But I would say that we would need a right winger, but that shouldn't be our first priority. I think our first priority is giving depth for Pogba and Bruno because we have physical midfielders um, like Scott McTominay and Fred, who's small but quite physical, and they can run the whole game, um, just box to box. But we need a third, at least a third physical midfielder. So that's the first, uh, sorry, a third creative midfielder. So that's the first priority so that we can actually rotate Pogba and Bruno and actually try different systems. Uh, right now we're looking like a one-trick pony and it's quite easy to predict our best 11 and we need to be like City and Liverpool where you don't know what midfield you're going to face. And that's part of what made uh, it so hard for teams to beat City the last few years. Um, then we need the right wing. So, if not a Sancho, maybe someone like Suso, you know, um, a sort of creative player, because Rashford and Martial are already the goal scorers. We need a winger who's, yes, quick, but also creative, because we've already got two goal scoring wingers in Martial and um, Rashford, and we sort of need like a creative type like Sancho, not necessarily a goal scoring right winger. Um, third, I would say probably a backup striker because I don't see Greenwood being ready to be our backup striker and Odio and Igalo is his loan is up next January so um, that's one thing to also consider and then finally I'd say that I'm quite happy with our defence and the depth of the, the defence as well as our goalkeeping department we probably have the best goalkeepers in the Premier League um, I say that because we've got Romero Dean Henderson and uh, David De Gea. Um, so we might not have the best individual goalkeeper, but we do have the best goalkeeping unit. Um, and then defense, you know, it's it's, it's endless. Um, I think we need really a second holding midfielder. 
maybe um, someone who can really dictate play from deep and play and just have comfortable. So I think uh, those are the signings. Uh, and interesting, you mentioned about um, goalkeepers, of course. When, when the Premier League did come back, um, you guys played Tottenham, you guys drew 1-1, and there was all this whole Roy Keane going all out on De Gea, saying that uh, he's overrated, and uh, for the last three years he hasn't done well, which to some extent he was right. I, I, I would just say that I, I agree that yeah, De Gea hasn't been in top form, I think Ronaldo messed him up back at the World Cup, so I can't really blame him, but um, he hasn't been the same ever since that moment, and I think when you did mention goalkeepers, you mentioned Dean Henderson. As a Manchester United fan, what would you do? Would you let Henderson stay on loan for one more season, knowing that he might have visited elsewhere, or you next season you say, you know what, I'm sticking him in goal because Dea has messed up too many times. It's really hard because Dea is the only player in the entire squad who at the moment looks like he's going to be a club legend when all this said and done. Um, and that being said, you can't really just displace a, a club legend like that. And De Gea is still pretty young for a goalkeeper. You know, he's not even touched 30 yet. And he's in that same age bracket as Pogba, um, Jesse Lingard. You know, he's pretty young. We think that he's a bit older than he is because of how how long, how long young he was when he started playing for Atletico um, over 10 years ago. And he's been at United for 10 years. So we might be forgiven not in thinking that. Um, but I think he still has something to give the team. Um, as, you know, someone who's who's been there, done it all. I mean, he's won Premier Leagues with Sir Alex. He's won Europa League under Jose. He's had some magnificent managers. And I think that he's 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 really irreplaceable. I wouldn't trade De Gea for O Black. Not because O Black is not as good as De Gea. We all know O Black's really at the top of goalkeeping um, these days, but De Gea just has something that when Manchester United when he messes up and Manchester United fans know that he's messed up, we we have to forgive him because there were times when when he was the only player out there saving us from relegation. Like seriously, relegation. You know, in the dark days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we owe him the opportunity to at least keep his spot for a while. And let Dean improve because because I think we've got a really good situation where Dean doesn't want to rush into the Manchester United um, lineup yet. He's still comfortable going on loan for Sheffield at Sheffield. Sheffield still wants to keep him. So let's keep things as they are and let Dean hopefully play in Europe next season if the Blades get into Europe, um, even if it's Europa, get that experience. And then when the time comes, there'll be a natural line of succession and there's no need to force it, I think. Uh, I agree with everything that you said. Like for me personally, as a Chelsea fan, it actually hurts me to say this, but there was times when I was like, "Man, I really wish De Gea was our keeper." Because that guy, I remember <laughs> the one game. In fact, I was actually watching at uh, at Charles. I'm sure you remember that game. It was against mm-hmm. Arsenal, and I think how many, 
they pulled out, I don't even know how many saves that game. I think it was a record, and there still is a record at this time. And I was just like, wow, yeah. if it was any other keeper, <laughs> I am betting my house anything that Arsenal winning that game, but De Gea was on levels. And that's when I actually started giving the guy a lot more respect. And, and I think, you know, that's why, that's why I think nowadays people are always quick to judge and always too reactionary in that when a person has a bad performance, you're always quick to jump on them. Ah, no, get him out, get him out. But you don't give him time. You know, everyone has a bad game. All the best players, everyone has a bad game. Messi, Ronaldo, every single one has a bad game. But people are always quick to judge and people are always reactionary, which, yeah, it's, it's the world that we live in. And it's sad, to be honest, but... <laughs> I mean, what can we do? But no, um, I, as I said, I do agree with everything that you said. Um, and also, I just want to share your thoughts um, about this Project Restart. Um, of course, Premier League is back. Uh, you guys already played two games, played against Tottenham, we've already mentioned it, um, a draw, Sheffield. Um, got three points, three goals, Martial hat-trick. But what are your thoughts on it? Um, do you think that without any fans, it's going to affect... Of course, it, might, it will affect players. What am I saying? It will affect because everyone has, everyone loves it when the fans are there. But do you think... Um, there's any, what, what do you think of it, just in general? I'm relieved to have the Premier League back. This is something about the Premier League that is so different from the Bundesliga and La Liga. I mean, obviously we got Bundesliga back first and I was like, oh, okay, some football, nice. Then La Liga came back and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop watching Bundesliga because La Liga is a different quality. It's like much better. And then Premier League came back and Syria and I stopped watching La Liga. So <laughs> it just shows you that. Premier League is just something else, and I still think it's the best league in the world. Yes, Liverpool did win by a landslide, but there's nothing that tugs at our hearts as football fans like Premier League football. And I think the Premier League restart has been, or the project restart has been handled quite efficiently and maturely, especially by the players and everyone involved in it. I'm impressed, really. I didn't. I was quite skeptical. I don't think it would be this successful. Hopefully, that's a blueprint for uh, other leagues like the NBA, the NFL, that are hoping to kick off their leagues in the, ne- in the coming months. And Formula One, which is back next week, so I'm excited for that as well. Hopefully, that can be a good blueprint for yeah. other associations to follow. So, yeah. Uh, as regards Manchester United's performance... I think we were really rusty against Spurs. That's a game I think we should have blown them out of the water mm-hmm. because that was not the best Spurs scene I've seen under Jersey, not even under um, Maurizio. So I think it wasn't... I think it was just we were a victim of a lot of mistakes and a lot of sloppiness. And I think Spurs never really threatened besides the 10-minute spell when they scored and then they had the other header on goal. But other than that, um, I never really saw Spurs as a threat. Um, as for the Sheffield United game, that could have been 5-0 in the first half. But uh, Rashford's not fit and it's showing. And that's another thing that's amazing is that when Martial gives an assist and he doesn't score, 
social media is all on him, especially United fans, because you know how fickle they are. Um, mm-hmm. But Rashford squandered, I think, five one-on-ones in two games. Five one-on-ones in two games. He's not scored once. Sometimes he's not even connected with the ball. And yeah. it's appalling to see for a player of Marcus Rashford's standard. But because of his, I'd say, British nationality and also his um, children's initiative, the food stamps um, initiative that he recently did with the UK government. Yeah, special shout-out. I feel like he's getting off easy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. But then this is football. And I feel like there needs to be that criticism because that criticism is going to help him grow. But people are really giving him... Or they're letting things slide. But yeah, that's what I think. And what about you and Chelsea, since you (laughs) three-starred? I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I'm just a football fan in general. Like, I can just, as long as it's a good game, I watch it. But as you said, like, there's no other league that is so entertaining as the Premier League. No matter what anybody tells me, it is the best league. And... Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, even before the lockdown, the football, before football stopped, we, we of course, played Liverpool and Everton, and you know, we we won those games. But I was actually like, okay, yeah, we won the, these games, but then we didn't have a fully fit squad. And that's one thing I was, that was always at the back of my mind, is that going into these next few games, we, we don't have a fully fit squad and how are we going to deal with this? Because uh, you guys are building momentum. I think you guys uh, were unbeaten and Sheffield were also coming. Well, Wolverhampton were also coming. So I, I, I was, that was at my back of my mind. So when all this stuff happened, it just made me think about a whole new different perspective and just made me think things. I'm like, oh, of course, no one wants to see this type of thing happen. But I think it really helped a lot of teams. I think for me as a Chelsea fan, it helped our team a lot because I think five of our attackers, key key players were missing from our team. And with this long break, all of them got to recover, all of them got to get fit. And now I think we're starting to see what Frank is able to do with the fully fit squad. I mean, of course, players won't be fit because, yeah, they've been out for three months, as you're saying, with Rashford. Yeah, it's a long period and players won't be fit. They won't be match sharp as yet. But, you know, they'll get into it. They'll slowly get into it. And from the these two games that I've seen from Chelsea is that, yeah, the Aston Villa game, um, we came back from behind. Of course, players, players, some of the players were fit. Some of them looked like they were not yet fit, but they were still right. And just made me realize that I think this was a good thing. If I'm making sense, it was a good thing, but at the same time, that yeah, it gave players a rest. Because I look at Mongolo um, Kante, and I think, I don't know, it's just this thing. As I was saying, social media, like people just quickly jump on them. Mongolo nah, Kante is a bad player. Mongolo Kante <laughs> is this. And I'm just like, wow, it's, it's just it's crazy. But you look at a player like him who's had injuries throughout the season. And with this three-month break, he's come back refreshed. And these last two games, he's been outstanding, in my opinion. And, yeah, it gives a lot of players, yeah, it gives a lot of teams fully fit squads. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. I'm, I'm happy. I just hope that um, these 
two wins that we've had, we can continue because, as I said, um, top four, I think top four is the main goal. And for me, uh, I'm not going to lie to anyone. <laughs> um, Daniel is listening, but at the beginning of the season, I I would have said that if you give me fifth place or even sixth with this team, I would, I would have been happy. That's something to build up. But now, we're in fourth place and we've been in this position for so long and we've maintained. It's like now we have to get it. Like we can't slack. And it's like that in life when you had a position for so long, when you've been there for so long and you didn't expect it. Now you just want to say, I want to be here. I don't want to go down a level. So, yeah. Um, I think it'll, it'll be exciting, to be honest. These last next few games will be exciting. Really exciting. Yeah, um, I really thought you guys were going to lose against City. So I actually went to sleep and then I woke up and Liverpool are champions of England. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is quite um, the wake-up call, I must say. But uh, you asked me earlier on about what growth and progress I've seen from Manchester United. And I just wanted to uh, flip that question on to you. Is what growth have you seen? Not really from Chelsea and the players, but I'm more interested in... in progress as a manager and development you've seen in Frank? All right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go from... It'll probably be a long answer, but yeah. Um, That's right. Um, so for me, when Frank was hired, I immediately said that this is a good signing, this is a good appointment, because Frank, before he was even Derby County manager, where he came from before he came to Chelsea, he was a youth team coach, and I could already see that this guy's really got a lot of potential. He's he's he's, he's got he's, he's clever. Frank Lambert is very clever, and he he knows how to manage teams. He knows how to set up his teams. So when he came to Chelsea, and I saw what he wanted to do, of course, um, the, the circumstances that were there, um, transfer ban, no Aiden Hazard, it was always going to be difficult um, for any manager in that respect. Any manager, so. Um, of course, first few games, I mean, you guys smashed us for no. Um, I still haven't gotten over that, to be honest. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, as the season progressed, I saw that this guy, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to set up his teams. You can see the way he wants to play. He's looking at um, Liverpool, Jürgen Klopp's um, team, and he's like, we want to play like these guys. We want to play a counter the counter attacking team count I mean sorry I set up his team as a counter um a pressing team and as the season progressed you could just see that he's instilling this into these guys of course with what I with what I said before about no uh, not not signing any players Aiden has a leaving of course that was always going to be a big and with this young team there's always going to be inconsistency but you could just see that you could see what he was trying to, what he was trying to make his team do, and what they're trying to implement, and how you want. Yes, you could see how he wanted them to play. And I think the game against Ajax, I don't know if you remember the one um, away when when he beats when we beat Ajax. That game just just highlighted to me like he's the right man for the job because at that time Ajax of course they made the semi-finals of the Champions League um, but they had of course they lost Frankie de Jong um, so yeah but they were still a really good team 
And the fact that he beat those guys it just made me think like, wow, this guy, he, he's really the man for the job. He is really the man of his job. So I already knew that he was going to be a great manager. He, not a great man, but he was going to, as, as of now, but he was going to be a, a, a good manager and he was a very good opponent for Chelsea. And to to go on to answer your question about how he's done and how he's um, progressed, I think he has done really well, um, considering that with what I've said before, transfer ban, um, losing Aiden Hazard, who had actually provided um, the stats, he had actually provided contributed to fifty percent of Chelsea's goals last season. Fifty percent. That's mad. You see, he had con- contributed fifty percent and. Bringing in all these young players, I think five or six young players, it was always going to be difficult. But the fact that we're in this position, he's by the looks of things, we we might um, get top four, or we're, we're looking to get top four and qualifying for the Champions League. I think he's done an exceptional job. You also look at how he's beaten the likes of Jurgen Klopp, he's beaten Pep Guardiola, two outstanding coaches, and probably they'll go down. They were good and as the, the greatest of all time. He's beaten those two. He's beaten Ancelotti. He's beaten um, the Eric Tenak, Ajax manager. He's beaten so many of these managers. And you could just see that, of course, at times, everyone messes up. Sometimes he may mess up in team selection or tactics may not go um, to plan. But he, he's done well for someone who's only been in management for about two years. Which is which which makes him more remarkable. So yeah, I think he's he's done well, and hopefully next season we can kick on. Um, he's already signed Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner. He's looking to sign more players. So it's looking it's looking interesting for Chelsea fans. And yeah, hopefully we can kick on and maybe start challenging for trophies. Although I will say this now that um, even though we signed these players from now, I, I think we will challenge. But I don't think we'll win the Premier League. I think Liverpool are in a league of their own right now. So um, I think maybe in the next two seasons, we'll, we will challenge for the Premier League. But yeah, it's just about consolidating, making sure that we get European Football Champions League. And yeah, but I think he's done a very good job. He's done a very good job. I, I, I agree. Um, I wasn't really skeptical of Frank because I knew the type of player he was and there's some players who are really great players but you can tell that management isn't for them mm. but I never got that feeling with Frank um, Mikel um, even um, Oli uh, I just had a feeling that they, they do at least an alright job and I have been proved right so far so mm. it's good to see Frank's development over the past two years, not just at Chelsea, but also at Derby County. Yeah. Where he did beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, <laughs> as many people do forget, but I'll never forget. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. He, and he's beaten Mourinho. That's one. That's the name I forgot. He's beaten Mourinho three times now. So, yeah, that's that, that's a good one. So, yeah. Um, and then just to just to wrap it, wrap it up. Um, so with that being said, what are you find? These are just questions I literally thought of the blue. So um, who do you think is going to win the Golden Boot? Is anyone close to 
I take it as Vardy in first place. Am I correct? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It should I be don't Vardy. think it's going to be him. Um, I think someone's going to catch him. Okay. Uh, because ever since Premier League restart, Leicester City have been terrible at creating chances, putting them away. And yeah. I would go as far enough to say that I think Leicester City are going to finish fifth. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be a problem if they're defending because their defending has always been pretty good under Brendan Rodgers I think the issue that Leicester are going to encounter is scoring goals and yeah. that being said I don't think Vardy's going to win the boot this year um, the Premier League restart and that break in between this set of games and the previous set of games I think it's really done him harm uh, because he, he was in a decent run of form, not anything extraordinary, but now he just seems to be on the down low, but I may be proved wrong, so um, I, I don't think Vardy's going to win it, that's for sure. Nice. Nice. Perhaps Aguero, if Aguero gets more starts. I see, I see. Interesting. I, I, I don't know who I'd go for, to be honest. Um, I'd have said Aubameyang, but... Uh, contrast Bante FC to be honest um, <laughs> uh, no, no disrespect to Arsenal fans I love you guys um, I don't know I really don't know I'll, I'll probably still stick with Vardy I don't know why but I think Vardy might just make it at the end I don't know maybe Vardy or, or Salah those are the, the, the two I would say um, and then player of the season this one is doing the rounds. <laughs> this one is doing the rounds. <laughs> I'm seeing all sorts of crazy things. People are saying Jordan Henderson. I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, um, I think Trent. 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 Okay. Yeah, I think Liverpool without Trent is not Liverpool. It's 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 mental. I can't really think of anyone. It's just been one of those seasons where, you know, no one's really stood out to me. Um, I think perhaps I ha- I have been a bit detached to Premier League because of how it's been such a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liverpool's been leading for months and it's been inevitable. So I haven't really had time to think about player of the year. But the only player I can think of who's had a pretty good season, I would say, Trent... Um. Yeah. Alright. I yeah. know KDB. I know on on some sections of Twitter you probably find some United fans saying Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely uh, a horrendous take. But yeah, that's the yeah. world we live in. It's a bit too early. Yeah, yeah it's a bit too early. Well, yeah. uh, what about KDB? Hmm. I would say KDB for that, me. That, that's a good one. Mm. Kevin. Yeah. Well, and we know he won't smile when <laughs> he gets it. You know how serious he is. And they won't let him talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Just let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Yeah, but uh, I think Kevin, yeah, KDB, I mean, of course, the Kevin really 
win the city that we've known for the last two seasons, but and KDB has been ridiculous this season. I mean, I don't know how many. I think he's got 17, 18 assists. And the guy is just, my goodness, he's just a wonderful player. Just a fantastic player to watch. I mean, yesterday, of course, yeah, yesterday he didn't really, really have a good game. I think we, we shut him down well. But that free kick, there's no keeper that's saving that. There's no keeper in the world that's saving that free kick. But You know... What you know who that free kick reminded me of? Ah, uh, don't say it. <laughs> Even though it was different, eh? <laughs> don't say it. It was don't. the same point. Um, yeah, one great Sir Marcus Rashford, you know. But you know, funny enough, that I remember I was actually I was watching that game and we can see that free kick, and I, I remember I told my brother I was like. What are the odds that Marcus Rashford is hitting this one top pins? What are the odds? He always <laughs> hits them in the into the stands every single time. What are the odds? <laughs> and I remember he took it, and I just like you know I'm going to sleep because that was, <laughs> that was just that was mad. But now nah, that, that was a very very good free kick. That was a that was a very good free kick. You couldn't save that, but yeah, I think. Yeah, for me, you said Trent. Um, I would go to um, Kevin De Bruyne. But yeah, we, I, I don't even know when they're announcing the the, the awards, though. I have no idea. But Can I tell you yeah. something? I really don't care about PFA and um, Golden Boot this season because it just seems like... I feel like when, when the people are voting... They're going to yeah. forget the people who had a good early season runner form. Mm-hmm. And that's my only fear. So that's why I'm going to be skeptical about all individual awards, especially Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Um, you, you get, is it Ciro Immobile? Who yeah. scored like an inordinate number of goals. Yeah. Like n- nearly every season, one of the most underrated strikers. Uh, yeah. How about Robert Lewandowski? I think should be in for a shot for Ballon d'Or. If Bayern win the Champions League, because he's just been outstanding and he's long overdue. And if Luka Modric got a Ballon d'Or in a year when he did nothing, you know, business stealing from Messi, you know, that's crazy. I think nowadays these most of these individual awards are based. It's a popularity contest, and um. Literally, you go vote for, you find that Liverpool fans all go flood the votes for Jordan Henderson, even though, no disrespect, even though he, he's had a, a fantastic season. But if you look at other players compared to him, they've just been levels and levels above. So, yeah, um, it is the world that we live in. And just the last question, who do you think is going to get relegated? Yeah. Well, sorry, please repeat that. Who do you think is going to get relegated? Aston. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, uh, Norwich City. And I'm going to go for a shock one in West Ham United. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, to be fair, I think I would also agree on that. West Ham. I'm really shocked with West Ham. They've signed all these players and I'm disappointed. Yeah. I really am disappointed. Um, because at West Ham, I've never really had an affinity for West Ham, but 
you know, I really wanted to see them do well. I really thought they were going to be what Wolves and the Blades and the Foxes have been this season. Mm-hmm. And when they got all those players like Felipe Anderson, they started raving about Declan Rice, this overhyped young man. And uh, I think they deserve to go to the championship. Maybe that'll wake them up. Yeah, exactly. I think so. I think they, they need that wake-up call. Yeah, as like... for Aston Villa, we, we grew up with Aston Villa. We know that they'll always come back. So exactly. I'm, I'm not worried about them. Exactly, exactly. Now, Aston Villa, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely come back. But yeah, um, just, uh, I know I said final question, but this one's the final question. Um, So who do you think will be the top four? Of course, Liverpool, City, that's already done deal. But three, four... Five, considering five just as a possibility that maybe City's ban is upheld. So, who do you think will finish in those positions? I think, first, obviously, Liverpool. Congratulations to them. Second, Manchester City. Third, Chelsea. Fourth, Manchester United. And fifth, Leicester City. Because I really feel like the games are probably in Manchester United's favour. But I don't see Chelsea dropping points, especially with how Pulisic has been playing and Golo Kante. It's just not possible. I mean, I was looking at the, I was comparing the fixtures. Chelsea have a way harder run in of games than Manchester United, you know. Yeah, true. Chelsea has just been known to be a resilient team towards the back end of the season. I've, I don't remember a single season when Chelsea have dropped points towards the back end. It's usually in the middle and at the front. Yeah, um, true. Maybe Arsenal drops points a lot. Uh, <laughs> As uh, the old saying goes, goes, if Arsenal is top of the league in first place, they'll probably finish in December. They'll probably finish fourth. But uh, you know how it is. Man. I think Leicester, they probably don't have that experience to close out a season. And I think mm. we're seeing it now. Same thing with Sheffield United. They don't have that Premier League experience to see out the season. So Leicester, the Blades, the the Wolves, they'll all be in and around fifth place. But I do think Manchester United are going to leapfrog Leicester City. It's just a matter of time, I think. Oh, that's that's cool. That's cool. That's that's interesting. I also agree. I think Leicester they haven't started off well, and I guess the teams are really catching up. Chelsea one point behind them. Manchester United are six points behind them. Also, with the Wolves are six points behind them. So. Yeah, I think they will drop out. But yeah, I, I also agree with that. So, man, it has been a pleasure bringing you on as the first guest. I am so <laughs> grateful to you, my guy. Um, just just a last minute thing, but can you tell the people where to, to follow you? Um, Insta, Twitter, <laughs> it's yours. It's your flow now. Yeah. Um, Instagram, my public page is ht.meety and my Twitter is hillarymeety. You'll find me on there. All right, Bye. cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll, I'll link them also in the description so that people can find you if they didn't get it. But man, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Not different. Hopefully, you come back on the channel. Drop some knowledge on, on these people and the people <laughs> in Africa. Show them that we know our things, you know what I'm saying? But man, it's, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, bro. Um, yeah. Hope you have a good weekend. Right, bro. Um, I'll, 
I'll check you soon, man. All right, man. Take care. All right, cheers. All right.